there was a time and place that this university was feared. My goal as the head football coach at the University of Tennessee it is to get us back to that point. All right? Let me just quote the late, great Colonel Sanders. He said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. What is that? That's what she said. When you think about running through the tee at Nayland Stadium for the first time this Saturday, does that give you a little bit of chicken skin? What? A chicken skin, you know. You know what I'm making reference to when I say chicken skin? You're a southern boy. morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, Alabama still really, really, really good at football time. Third Saturday in October, still not at its apex time. Uh, tough news for Tennessee time, but things overall looking okay for Tennessee time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, West Rucker. Patrick Brown coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday afternoon. Going to drop this one to you on a Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening. Going to do a couple of podcast episodes this week, both centered on football. Uh, We were going to do one, but then something came up Thursday, Patrick, that made us have to do two of these. So before we get into that, how you doing, buddy? How's the week been? It's been good. It's been fine. It feels like it's... Should be Halloween, but it's not Halloween yet. Feels like we kind of went, we kind of skipped fall. It's not that little, cold, Wes. Come on. No, it just, it feels like it's sudden. I enjoy it. You do? You're one of those people? Yeah, but then it starts getting into the 30s and I don't enjoy it. My wife calls it flannel season and she gets really excited. That sounds like something that she would get excited Loves about. flannel. Hipster girl loves her some flannel. I'm not, I'm not that big on flannel. I think the only thing she loves more than flannel is the color yellow. It's like she a, have a lot of yellow yellow flannel around. Uh, not a lot of yellow flannel. You don't see a lot of a lot of yellow flannel, but you do see uh, this house, except for this room here, the Fort Rucker Studio. A lot of the house, as you may or may not have noticed, is yellow. It's like I tell people, we love yellow. Yellow is our favorite. That's what this house is. This house is a is a yellow prison. Speaking of uh, things that are not so good, Patrick, uh, really tough news for the Tennessee football team. Uh, not something that we wanted to see, not something that that we thought we would have to see this soon, but certainly was something that was possible given the situation. But Trey Smith, Tennessee's sophomore offensive lineman, left tackle, even though I think he's been playing on a banged-up knee, probably still what Tennessee's best option up front. And uh, after missing a lot of the offseason – with a blood clot issue in his lungs, it seems like that has come back, and he is out indefinitely. So how tough is this? What does this mean for the Tennessee football team, and, and where do they go from here? We'll get to all that, uh, but first, just kind of tough news for the family, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the first thought here is not even necessarily football-related. It's um, it's about Trey and you know his, his future both as a, as a person – uh, and as a 
as a player too, because he's obviously a guy that has a lot of football talent and had a bright football future, especially after last season. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't been his best this season playing with her. There uh, are reasons for that. I'm sure we'll we'll touch on. But um, you just we always you know given his situation in the offseason, there was always this possibility that you know the clots could come back. This could be something he would have to deal with for. Uh, the rest of his football career and probably the rest of his life, honestly. Um, and so, but there, there hadn't been, I guess, any rumblings. Um, there, there were some murmurs of, you know, there was some, some bad news coming on, on Thursday morning. Yeah, we did. But, we, we, we were on red alert for that Thursday morning, um, trying to figure out Grant, what it was. Grant had been hearing some, you know, some bad news is coming. He'd been getting some bad news is coming texts. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you hate it for Trey just because he's a, he's a really class guy. Um, now the good thing for him is that he will be successful in whatever he does, whether it's football, whether it's not football. Correct. Um, that's kind of the person he is. But uh, obviously, for a guy that uh, last season you looked at the way he played and in his future, and you thought that guy is going to make a lot of money very soon. Yeah. And he still might in a different endeavor, or he might get his football career back on on track. We don't know that at this point, but um, you just you hate to see it, and and uh, and I think um, from Tennessee's standpoint. Everyone in the program, everyone around Trey wants to see him, his health situation be resolved before, you know, they worry about if he's, if he's going to play another down of football for Tennessee. Yeah, I think that's the – in kind of a – I don't want to say in a sad way, but but I think in an uplifting way, for, for me, the, the most the, – the biggest thing I've taken away from this whole thing is that Tennessee really, really cares about this kid and has twice now – spotted this thing early and taken him off the field and putting him through treatment. And, you know, you just – we see these things that coaches do sometimes, putting kids through things where maybe is it best for them to play, maybe is it not. You know, this situation right here, Tennessee has legitimately twice now spotted this thing and said, hey, let's get you off the field. Let's get you on some medicine and some treatment. Let's fly you around the country and see some specialists. Let's make sure you're okay. And, and that, to me, is um, it's something that's nice to see because we, we, we tend to be cynical uh, in, this, in this world sometimes and in the way that we are as sports writers. But the way Tennessee's handled this whole thing has been pretty classy all the way around as far as I can tell. Yeah, and I wonder, if, you know, have they been checking weekly? on his yeah. situation. I'm sure sh- surely he has. Surely he's getting weekly checkups. Uh, when he originally, when they were originally, um, spotted or discovered back in February, it was after he had a couple, he had a, some issues getting through a couple workouts. And so that's when he said, Hey, something's not right. Let's get looked at. And I wonder if, uh, throughout the season, since he's been cleared in August, since he's come off his, uh, anticoagulant medication, um, that's a tough word to say and spell. Uh, yes, type. Uh, Just like familiarity. And so uh, I wonder if he's been going, you know, getting weekly checks on, you know, we got to keep him on our list. Certainly he has because it's a situation that uh, when you're on a medication for something and you come off the medication, um, he, obviously you're, you're probably getting checked up on it. So, I mean, Trey was out of practice on Wednesday and looked fine. I mean, I didn't notice anything wrong there. So I guess they, they probably were just – maybe it was a weekly checkup. Maybe it was his monthly checkup and, and they found it. And, um, it, yeah, it's just – there was always this possibility kind of in the back of your mind, but um, given the situation and, and, and what we knew about it, but uh, there hadn't been any inkling that this was like around the corner. Yeah. The thing that, that makes me wonder about Trey Smith's future with this whole thing is, is that, you know, I'm not a doctor. I do not pretend to be one. 
I, you know, if a player has something and I don't know exactly what it is and I don't know much about it, I do what everybody else in this business does. I try to call someone who does know what that means, you know, read up on it, study it, talk to someone who, who knows what it, it means. And, and in and, this situation, we have a little bit of precedence because this is the second time they've discovered this. Yeah, so we it, know more about what happened the first time. Agreed, agreed. And And when I look at it, the thing that concerns me is that you know, he got off that anticoagulant medication, and then within a few months, it came back. And and that, to me, is, is tough because that means that is this just going to keep happening every time he stops taking that medicine? Because the long story, to try to shorten a long story here, you can either take that medicine or you can play contact sports. You really can't do both things. Um, you just you, you can't take an anticoagulant. And you can work out, but you can't really go out there and play a contact sport because, obviously, if you get cut – bad things happen so that's that's probably the the short short version of the story but you know sometimes people go through these problems and they're always kind of there sometimes people go through them for a while and they come back and they they go away so it is possible but when you look at you know whether it's connected or not Trey Smith's a guy who his mother died of a you know congenitive heart failure uh when just a few years ago and she was not you know she was not an older woman so Fifty one. Yeah, that that's not that's too soon, and and so you wonder if some of this stuff genetically, like it's just it's just not smart to push this. And again, there's probably a doctor or nurse or nurse practitioner or somebody you know listening to this and just driving off the road because of how stupid we sound talking about this. But I'm just trying to relay in general what what we've learned about this this situation for the past few months and. It's just for me. It's 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 hard to see, at least in the short term, how he comes back. Because last time he had to go through a pretty aggressive cycle of stuff, and then back off of it just in time to kind of get back out there and play football. And it's like, are you starting that whole process again now? That that's the tough part. Yeah, and, and you know, Trey wanted to come back. I mean, they they that's why you know he went around to I think Harvard. UT, Vandy, all these places to see yeah. specialists and to get feedback and to get advice, um, and know so he could know what all of his options were during uh, back in the spring. And so, um, and he made the decision at that point that he wanted to take the path that got him back on the field. We don't know if that's going to happen again. We don't know if there's going to be a path where if he's going to, like you pointed out, is he going to want to keep doing this? Because uh, if you have to be on this medication for you to be healthy. You can't play, you know, you, you can't be cleared for contact. You're not going to be cleared to play yeah. um, unless there's a different route, and there might be. Uh, and I'm sure Trey, knowing how much he, he loves playing football and he loves Tennessee, um, I, I would think he would try to turn over every rock to figure out if, if there's a way that he can play with this situation. But um, as you pointed out, the fact that he went off the medication in mid-August and here we are in late October and, and, and the clots are back, that's – that's not a good sign, um, and, and it's really tough for him because, as we pointed out, he, he obviously is a guy that has a lot of football talent um, and, and uh, was you know not that far away from being in a situation where he could, you know, was going to go to the NFL, make a lot of money, be a first-round pick, all that stuff, and uh, now you, you wonder what his football future is going to be. Yeah, it sort of it reminds me j- just a little bit, not, not in the – obviously a different kind of injury, but it reminds me a little bit of when Tennessee signed Kevin Simon. And he was one of the top, you know, few. He was a five-star guy, one of the top prospects in the country, a linebacker. Uh, came to Tennessee, and whenever he was healthy during his Tennessee career, he was a really good player. But he had several major injuries, and every time he came back from them, he just wasn't maybe quite the same. 
and then he ended up, you know, now he, he was a coach for years in the NFL as an assistant or, or a scout, and now he's uh, on Tennessee's staff. So he's gone the coaching route, and he's just a guy who, again, when I look at, at Kevin Simon, I, I look at Trey Smith kind of the same way. This kid looks like he was born to play football. He looks like he was born to go out there and just crush dudes on the football field. But maybe in hindsight, that's not what he was born to do. And and that's, you know, I don't want to put the cart before the horse there. I don't want to compare two things that, that aren't the exact same. But it just kind of reminds me of that in that how can someone who looks like they were put on this earth to play football have that taken away from them? It's just life is life is the way it is, and it's cruel sometimes, and that's just that's just how it goes. And, and the, I guess the difference in these two situations is, I mean, Simon had a bunch of injuries that were suffered on the field, whereas yes. Smith, this is an yes. off-field condition. This is a heart condition. Correct. This is a, yeah. We're it, talking we're talking ACLs and, yeah. and broken yeah. ankles. And, and this stuff. is this is a situation that I guess Trey doesn't really have any control of, uh, and that's that's even the most disappointing thing. And uh, I'm sure he's. Uh, distraught gutted upset um and, and i don't i don't know what the next step is i think at some point though i think he and his family are gonna have to sit down and figure out what's best for his future as a, as a person much less as a football player and so um just given the timeline stuff that uh, he went through the first time i don't i don't see any way he's back on the field this season yeah i don't either um, that, that's 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 a tough ask and uh I, I think the the question now becomes is uh has he played his last down not only of football at Tennessee but for you know a football in general uh, and that's just a really tough situation for uh, everybody even that's you know followed Trey you know Tennessee fans his teammates his coaches his family uh, you know we've we've covered him for a couple of years now we've talked to him a bunch stand-up kid um, great great guy um, well respected by his teammates you you you've I don't. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that was like, "Man, that Trey Smith. I don't like him. That guy sucks." Yeah, no, nobody's ever said that about him, and so you hate. You hate to see stuff like this happen to, uh, to good people in the world. Yeah, and and nobody's even come out and said things that I've heard in the past, like you know when when Tennessee or some other school in the SEC pop propped up some kid as like a great kid and all these other things, and people would tell me kind of behind the scenes like, "Hey." Uh, he's, he's kind he, of a turd. He's not. He's either he's kind of a turd or he's not exactly what you think he is. Trey Smith has has always been considered everything that you thought he was and just the way that he goes about his business no nonsense no no attitude no prisoners no all I mean he just he goes out there and does his job and and doesn't doesn't make excuses you know I think he's had a messed up knee probably through a lot of this season or you know lower leg or something somewhere in there and he's just kind of played through it and not said anything about it and it's probably kept him from playing his best football I think that's no no secret or, or a poorly guarded secret that he's been banged up um, and, and he just missed so much time in the offseason but he never made an excuse about it he said listen my job is to go out there and block you know I'm playing a new position a little bit um, in some ways I you know and his leg is what it is and the lack of conditioning and stuff over the summer, football shape stuff is, is what it is. He went out there and tried to do his job, and um, it's just he comes out and he'll talk to you when things are going well, when they're not going well. You know, when you need a team spokesman to stand up, you know that there. Every team has a couple of those guys that are kind of the unofficial team spokesman, and they'll come out and talk to us when when other guys maybe won't. And for this team, that's a few guys. Uh, that's Trey Smith. That is. Um, I would say that's probably Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips. I would say that's Ryan Johnson. I would say that's Eli Wolf to an extent. Because we talk to Eli Wolf sometimes when he doesn't even play much because he's a guy who he plays a little bit but doesn't doesn't catch a lot of passes. 
but you know they're kind of some of the team leaders team spokesman kind of guys and just a class act all the way around i hate to see this um, but the optimistic part about this is if you take your your tennessee football hat off and just put on a regular university of tennessee hat i think you credit the university of tennessee for the way it's handled the situation and i think this kid is going to stay around the program in some way i think he's going to do something no matter what i think he'll be around these guys because he won't want to leave them and I think he'll he'll stick around, and they'll like to have him around. And I think that this is this can end up being a good story in the long run if if it goes the way I think it can go. Yeah, and I, like like I mentioned, I think he will he will explore every avenue that he has um, as he did previously, and he will try to find a way to make it work where he can get back on the field. I think that's he wants to play. He wants you know he loves this university. He loves Tennessee. Uh, you hear him talk about it, the passion he talks about yep. playing. Um, talking to him a couple weeks ago before that, or last week, I guess, before the Alabama game, and he was like, hey, I grew up an Alabama fan, but uh, I said I always wanted to play in Tennessee-Alabama rivalry, and uh, I, I, when I started coming up here as a recruit, I just fell in love. And, um, you know, you hear him talk, you know, he, he's, he's the, I don't want to say quintessential guy you want in your program, but, you know, from a lot of different standpoints, you want a bunch of Trey Smiths in your program. Yeah. Um, and and for uh, for this team to have the one that they have, and they've got some other guys that are uh, similar in terms of how much they care and how much they want Tennessee football and how much or how much they want Tennessee football to be to be good good again and how they you know they want to do their part in in in, in that endeavor. Um, you know, Trey's probably their most talented player. Probably overall, and so probably. Um, <clears throat> Maybe a, the a most guy, NFL a, ready player. Yeah, but. a guy who some NFL scouts, uh, a couple of them, told me last season point blank that he could have gone out and been drafted if freshmen could have been eligible for the draft. Yeah, he could have. He's one of those freak of nature kind of guys like that. But um, and, and you know, from a Tennessee standpoint, no, he hadn't been playing great. You laid out the reasons, sort of why the layoff, the fact that he's playing a position in a new system uh, that's not in his natural position. He's not. He's not a tackle. He's not a left tackle, but. That's what Tennessee needed him to play, and he's been selfless in doing that. And um, it, you know, his best position is probably inside at guard, where he can just maul people. Probably, uh, and he's he, kind of a road grader. Yeah, and, and um, you know, so he's had to adjust to to going against smaller guys. But um, we talked about this with the Brandon Kenny, Kennedy injury. Um, every scenario that Tennessee's coaching staff thought going into the season, here's our best five. Here's our best five on the offensive line. Brandon Kennedy was at center, and Trey Smith was somewhere, most likely a left tackle because that's where they needed him. Yeah. Uh, and now you're going to have to play the last five games of the season without two of those guys. So, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming I'm I'm going. I don't think I'm going on a limb by saying I don't think Trey no, Smith will be back I mean, this season. That it's has, not been that's not been official, but they're saying uh, indefinitely, and there's five games left in the regular season. So, yeah, I mean, do the do the math on that. I mean, if he, you know, again, I I think long term, if there's a way. For, ten, for for Trey Smith to keep playing football and to keep play football and ten, keep playing football at Tennessee, I think he will try to find it. But uh, I think there's going to have to come a point where he's going to have to decide what's best for his future. Uh, in the short term, Tennessee, I, I think to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Wes, this is more of a psychological blow for this team right now. Yeah, probably. Than maybe a we don't have him out there. Uh, I think it's uh, he's a guy that is is really respected and liked by his teammates, and uh, I'm sure when they were informed of what was going on Thursday morning, I'm sure when they were told, hey, here's what's going on with Trey, I'm sure a lot of them were upset, disappointed. Um, I'm guessing his closest friends probably learned Wednesday night and the team in general probably, learned Thursday. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of players on Twitter 
reach out to him, tweet at, you know tweet to him, things like that. So he he's a guy that's respected and liked by his teammates, and uh, they'll be disappointed and and uh, upset to see this. But uh, you know, just two days before a game too. Uh, so uh, I think I think that's the bigger issue because uh, and, and Jeremy Pruitt has said this before. For the whole offseason, they, they pretty much operate as if they weren't going to have trade at all. So, yeah, this isn't, you know, for the coaching staff, they won't panic. They'll be like, okay, let's revert back to what we did all offseason. We worked these guys at left tackle. This guy did it well. This guy did it okay. Um, we can move this guy around. He knows his position, all these things. So they can just revert back to that. You plug somebody in there at practice this afternoon. You give them some more uh, sort of walk through mental kind of stuff the next couple of days, uh, Saturday before the game in the team hotel, Friday during their walkthroughs and stuff, and you get that guy ready to go. It'll be like a refresher course. But um, I, I'm sure there's a lot of disappointment today. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're Tennessee and you're a player on this team, you're thinking, okay, we, we've gotten past the, the toughest part of our schedule. We've got a game we can win Saturday night. We've got some more games we think we can win down the stretch. We want to have a big finish. Um, we want to prove that, you know, the Auburn win wasn't a fluke. And so, uh, then you get this news, and you're probably like, we just can't catch a break. Or, you know, you, it's kind of a punch to your stomach if you're a player on this team, i got to think. So uh, they've got to kind of move past that and get ready to play a game against a team that's coming off an open date that's had time to regroup and uh, figure out its own litany of troubles. Yeah, that, that's what I was getting ready to, to kind of segue to before we wrap this thing up, is that what does this mean for Tennessee right now? And because we got plenty of time and, and plenty of podcasts this season, any time that we hear any news on this, we'll be right there on GoVols247.com with that news. We'll be uh, here on the podcast. We'll be on the Facebook page. We'll be on the Twitter Twitter page. We'll, we'll be everywhere. But for the time being right now, let's – we've talked about the most important part, which is Trey Smith and his future and him as a person and all these things. Now we need to talk about what this means for this Tennessee football team right now because what we've learned uh, several times, uh, since at least since I started covering this game, and certainly for Tennessee in the past decade and change, is that uh, this stops for no one. You know, teams don't, teams don't feel pity for you. Teams don't hold that. You know, teams go out there and they give you their best. And right now Tennessee's got to get over this and has got to go play a football game. And I, and I, I agree with you, Pat, that I, I think the – I think the the psychological part of it is probably the biggest for Tennessee right now, um, because Trey's not been playing his best football. They can they can plug someone in there who maybe could do okay. You know, uh, yeah, I think that that's probably probably fair to say. Not too harsh. I think it's I think it's fair to say. But for the sort of the the psychological part of it, that that is big um, because this team. You wonder if this is the first time all season this team's going to look at it and go, man. Poor up, poor woe, poor pitiful us, and they've not done that so far. And you wonder if this could be something that makes them do that. But that's and it, on the flip side, it could make it could be something that, that rallies them. It could yeah, be rally around say, the flag. It could, uh, especially those offensive linemen who are going to go out. You know, we're going to go play my you know what off for, for Trey. Not that they haven't been playing their you know what off, but it can give you a little bit of inspiration, or uh, it can galvanize. You hear that word a lot. Um, you know, you, you have something. You have uh, something else to play for, something else to motivate you to go out there uh, and execute your best and be your sharpest and play your best. So, uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see if the coaching staff and some of the leaders on this team, especially on the offense, uh, are able to kind of get that sort of reaction out of the team. And I'm sure Trey, uh, he he's I don't want to say resilient because when I say resilient, people 
people get upset when yeah. we use that word. It's still too soon. He'll probably talk to the team he, if he, he hasn't he will, already. He will talk to the team, and he will be the first one to be like, don't feel sorry for me. Go out there and kick South Carolina's butt. Yeah. That's what that's what Trey will do, um, and, and I'm sure that there were, uh, I'm sure that last night or whenever he was told, you know, what the situation was, I'm sure it was a low for him. Yep. I mean, even a uh, a brute, monstrous guy like him, yeah, probably took that news pretty hard if I had to guess. But yeah, tra- but Trey's a, Trey's a thinking man too. He's a he's a smart kid. He probably you know he he's he's got those kind of emotional yeah. Uh, clubs in his bag he's gonna feel a little sorry for a minute yeah but you know at, at some point I think he's gonna he, he's not gonna want his teammates to feel sorry for him and he's gonna be um and I'm gonna be interested to see if they take him if he's on the travel roster if he goes yep. his own I was way. gonna bring that up too that's um, a that's a really really good point and that's you know because obviously he's not gonna be playing but you know we saw it I think with this game a few years ago they brought Justin Worley I don't know if he was on the travel roster but he was on the sideline um and so uh, are they gonna bring him there are they gonna have him there to uh, kind of be a, a sideline, uh, I don't want to say chemist, but that's my favorite term when it comes to the guys on on the bench or sideline that are yeah, – Another GA. Uh, that are uh, team spirit, team juice, team energy yeah. monitors. Um, but, um, yeah, and, and they've got to move past this, and, and we'll see if it galvanizes them or if, it, if they come out and, and feel sorry for them. In terms of the personnel, I, I think – There's two choices, right? Yeah, there might be a third. Um, the two choices to me are Nathan Niehaus, um, because I think you can. He's probably played the. He's probably taken the most reps at left tackle, mm-hmm. probably uh, in the past since the start of camp. Yeah, before that it was uh, Drew, but now before, it's that, him. Yeah, before that was Drew Richmond. And so with Niehaus, he's been playing. He's been starting at right guard the past two games. You can slide him over. He's still taking some spot reps and practices that I've seen at left tackle, even the last couple of weeks while he's been starting at, at guard. Uh, and you've got some gu- you got some options at guard. You can play Jerome Carvin inside. You can play Chance Hall, uh, Riley Locklear, and Ryan Johnson have played guard as well. Even though those, both those guys are maybe more centers, their 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 main priorities right now are, are the center position. It looks like they're going to get Jameer Johnson back this week at left guard. Yep. After he didn't play last week, I w- I would think he could uh, be healthy enough to start on. You it, wonder if on, they're going to the have, have him start repping at guard at tackle in practice just to see if he can do it because he's yeah. got the frame. Yeah, uh, I, I think part of the reason they like him at guard is because they like him as, as a puller. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other option is to move Drew Richmond over there. He's obviously the guy that's got the most actual game experience at left tackle because he played his first three years and has, I don't know, how, I think probably a dozen starts or so. Yeah. Um, but I think the issue there is I think the only guy I've seen them work at right tackle all, off, all season has been Marcus Tatum. I don't know that he's part of your best five at this point. No, he's had. Uh, it's just been a disappointing year for him. There's no other way to kind of. There's no way to gingerly put that, is there? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, he got in in the Georgia game, and they they ran a uh, Georgia ran a twist and got an easy sack. So ran right around. Um, yeah, and so uh, you know, Carvin and, and Chance Hall both played right guard. That would seem to be the most seamless transition. I think you, what you're if if you're Tennessee, you're you're trying to find. You got to worry about two things here. One is you got to get your best five on the field, yeah. and two is you got to find a way to make it a seamless. You, you want to put guys in positions that they know easily, and just just like riding a bicycle. Yeah, because the quarter uh, the quarterbacks have taken a pounding yeah. all year, and, and now so, you're talking about a new starter at the blind side. Yeah, so. Ugh. And, and so I, you know, I think in that case, it makes the most sense for them to put Kneehouse at left tackle because he's played it. He did decently well when when Trey went out briefly in the West Virginia yeah, game yeah. on scoring drive, um, and. Uh, both Carvin and, and Chance have played right guard a lot in games, so that's going to be something that they they should know at this point. Um, and I just I don't know that the, Richmond. I think he's settled in a little bit over the right side. I think he's doing okay over there. 
Uh, not great, but not not as bad as he was maybe early in the season. He's been so, playing. He's he's been a punching bag at times. So I think it's only fair to say that he has been playing a little better. And so we'll. Well, I just I don't think they're going to take him out of that spot, but I think I'm leaning toward probably them putting Niehaus over there. If I had to guess, and again, this is just a That'd guess. Be my hunch right now, yes. And now, I mean, you know, no, I'm not saying Tennessee, you know, delayed this because it didn't delay this announcement because Trey Smith practiced yesterday and looked fine, and I got pictures of him practicing yesterday and he looked fine. So this is not something that Tennessee wanted to wait until after the final media availability of the week to kind of get that news out there. I, I think they were they released it when they had it. And uh, so this is a deal now where you're changing something pretty quickly. As Patrick just said, you want it to be seamless. I, I would imagine their first option, their first option probably is to just put Niehaus there and see if he can handle it. And if he can't handle it or if he does struggle, because, you know, South Carolina's best, best edge rusher, Wanham, he hadn't played, he's only played two or three quarters all season. He's back this week. Fitting. That's great timing for Tennessee, right? Just how that works. South Carolina's best pass rusher comes back right when this is happening, uh, and Wanham's a good player. He's given Tennessee problems before, so. Um, but but they're probably going to have to see if I'm guessing they're going to see if Niehaus can handle it, and if he can't, then they'll adjust. Then they'll they'll kick someone else out there, and they'll move someone else in at right tackle because that that's you want everybody else to feel kind of as you know, normal as they have. And, and Trey Smith and Johnson had pretty good chemistry there on that left side. They've been okay. Some of Tennessee's best runs have come that way. I mean, let's call that what it is. A lot of Tennessee's biggest runs have come right behind Trey Smith. So He's, been there, he's, he's still been there, I think, their best overall offensive line. I mean, he's had some issues in pass protection, but I think that's more down to him playing. Yeah, I think Chance Hall played. Maybe not 100% or uh, playing against guys that are smaller and quicker than he's used to, to playing against and, that, and making that adjustment sort of on the fly. I think Chance Hall, when he didn't have that horrible mistake against Alabama, I think he played decently well. I think he had some good moments there, but he's and, still on a pitch count. And he's he might be sort of the, the third option because he's worked at left tackle some mm-hmm. um, in practice. Now, not maybe as much recently, but there was a couple weeks there, I think in September, where he – And if he's healthy, he physically he can do of, it. He was with the twos. Um, but they've had him on – like you said, they had on a pitch count. Uh, and he's got a cadaver you, knee ligament too. You, I mean, that just wonder, is what it is. You wonder about his mobility out there. Because this is again, this is 2018 chance hall. This isn't 2015 chance hall. If you had 2015 chance hall, he might already been your left tackle anyway. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, that 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 would have been you would have put him at left tackle and Trey Smith at right tackle, and you would have gone on. Yeah, that would have. Yeah. So I, I, I again, I think it's going to be Niehaus because I think that makes it the easiest transition. But again, I, I don't think Tennessee's coaching staff. You know, we, you know, Pruitt's not made a fuss about injuries all season. And in this situation, he's pointed out a couple times too that you know they worked for how however long they worked all off season without with with the assumption that they might not get Trey back, and then they sort of integrated him into the system more and more once it got close to the to the date where he was cleared. But uh, they've done a lot of you know they worked a lot of stuff with him not in the plans, and so this is going to be when you this is why you do all of that. Um, yeah, and in this situation, you. Uh, for a lot of injury situations, you don't know when they're going to come up, and you have to sort of adjust on the fly. Tennessee's got a lot of um, background, I think, with with this situation and, and how to handle it, and uh, we'll have to see if if they go the way that we think they're going to go. But uh, I don't I don't know that they know at this point. They'll probably figure it out. Uh, they've got to practice on Thursday, yeah. and then walkthroughs on Friday, and obviously they'll do a, a few walkthrough and, and things like that in the in the hotel Saturday before the game. Yeah, because so, it's a really light and, game. And, so. and the thing is, is is we're talking about who they're going to plug in to start. You got to have second, third options too. If 
you know, if you start knee house and he hurts his, he gets hurt or, uh, you know, he wakes up Saturday morning feeling sick, you know, any number of things can go on and coaches are always working contingency plans and trying to map out alternate situations in their mind. Yeah. They're, um, they're, you, you they're got to gotta figure out who your number two is too. And who, who, who you might go to if, uh, if something happens to the guy you're going to plug in there to, to replace Smith, uh, you know, as your sort of first option there. Yeah, I didn't mean to try to talk over there, Patrick. Yeah, I apologize you did. for right. that. I, I backed off. The, uh, but, uh, no, I was just going to say that eventually it's going to come a time, either Friday night or Saturday morning, where they're going to have to give the team that piece of paper that has, like, the three or four deep on it for the game, for the for the different options there. And they're going to have to – they're I mean, they're going to have to get ready to go. they got to play a game in a couple of days. It it kind of it kind of is what it is. I'll put it this – I'll end on this thought right here. I, I think that you can't look at this situation where – you have to replace 100% of Trey Smith, and if you're Tennessee, you don't have a single player on your roster who can 100% replace Trey Smith. So what do you have to do? At that point, it just becomes a little bit of math, right? Everybody else in that group needs to play about 10 to 20% better than they have been. Everybody needs to take it up a notch, and if you do that, then you can maybe perform at or near the same level you were with him. But you, you can't look at it as, okay, Nathan Niehaus, if you're in there, go out and be Trey Smith. He can't. He's not physically Trey Smith. He's just he's you know whatever thirty pounds lighter, not as powerful. He's just not not the same player. Uh, that mean he can't be a good player. He's just not the same player physically. If you put Drew Richmond over there, uh, Drew Richmond has, as we all know, he has physical skills. Uh, he has athleticism. Uh, he's just got to put it together. And I would think, if anything, more pressure, regardless of, of who goes into that left tackle spot, I think this puts a lot of pressure on Drew Richmond from a just a performance leadership standpoint. Like, you're the guy now. You're the most experienced guy. You're the bell cow. you got to go out there and play like it. And that is foreign territory for him. That is not – he's a quiet kid. That's not his strong suit. Uh, nice kid, but just not – he's not a one of those kind of natural alpha types. He never has been. So you, you need him to play better. You need – you know, guys, Ryan Johnson, he needs to play a lot better. He struggled a lot against Alabama. He struggled a ton in that game. Um, you know, all those guys, Jameer Johnson, everybody play about 10% better. And if you do that, maybe you have a chance to to fill that gap. But that's – does that make sense? You can't you can't have one guy just step in and beat Trey Smith because you don't have another one. Well, and they needed everybody to step up and play better up front anyway. Correct. Before this, but I think this certainly puts a little bit more uh, of an onus on it. My final thought is, is – uh, is with Trey and I agree we both I think I'll speak for you here I, I think we both hope that, that he can get back and play again and, yes. and that somehow this situation resolves itself and he's able to to go on and have the uh the f- future in football that uh that he deserves he's worked really hard to get to this point of his football career yeah. um and, and so I think we uh all hope that uh this situation can you know won't end as as we fear it might um and, and some of the fears that we have are just initial reactions. There's still things we, you know, we don't know. We're not doctors. We're not there. We're not part of the conversations that he's having with physicians and things like that. But, but you hear blood clot lung again for the second time. Um, and, yeah. and you, you know, it's not a stretch to have some of those fears, but uh, we'll just have to see what happens. And I think we, I think we speak for everyone, Tennessee fans ourselves, um, and, and hope that he can get back on the field and, and kind of be what, uh, you know, use his talent, his God-given talent, to, to do what he was uh, has worked all of his career to do. Yeah, I think uh, for those who are the praying type, prayers will be in order. For those who are not, maybe just some thoughts will be in order. Uh, just, you know, it's a, it's a tough situation, um, but you got to hope that he – And he will make the most, most of it, of it, whether it's football or not. And that's, that's the good thing about a guy like Trey is that 
uh, he will he will make the most of this somehow. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that we cover, and I don't mean this in a, in a negative way, but there's a lot of guys we cover who need either football or basketball or baseball in their life for them to kind of get where they – to get the most out of themselves. They kind of need sports to do that. Trey Smith does not need it. He has enough intelligence. He has enough wherewithal. He has enough self-awareness, uh, enough – maturity where he could do just about anything he wanted to do so hopefully uh, he doesn't push this farther than it needs to be pushed Uh, that's that's my only fear is because last time his father said I don't know if I want him to do it but I trust the kid but you you imagine being his dad after what happened with his his the wife and now with his son and just you know him and his family his sister all of them thoughts prayers all of it hope this works out and um that's the most important thing, but on the flip side of it, Tennessee has got to go play football in two days, and then it's got five more games to go, so that's kind of the, the way it goes. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back tomorrow morning with our normal Friday football podcast where we'll probably give a little bit of a mention to Trey Smith, but uh, mostly just talk about the game itself and how big this is for both programs. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that always. You've got... Uh, Twitter there at twitter.com slash govoss247. You've got Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash govoss247. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 at Twitter. And Grant Ramey is just Grant Ramey on Twitter. So you can get a hold of us all those ways. Do that. Uh, but the best way you're going to get a hold of us is to pay us real cash American dollars for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, you can join the GoVols 24-7 family. So go look us up, GoVols247.com. We'll give you a free trial and all of that good stuff. Pat, any final thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs>